what did you renovate then? What sort of works were you able to do with that amount of money? So well, in between, we had to do some work um, on the roof. So we took a decision to remove the lead from the roof and to replace that with steel. So there was that was quite a big cost as well that, that sort of needed doing. Um, and we did some renovation work on the lift. And then in terms of the, the ballroom package that were the sort of renovation, um, oh, sorry. And then actually before that, there was a, uh, so all of the floor of the ballroom had to be reinforced, but that had to be done from below. Okay. So there was a big bit of renovation. The first phase was all carried out on the, on the ground floor. Yeah. Um, and, and that as, as part of that, we removed some of the internal walls in the rooms below. So there was a sort of a first phase downstairs. And then the main ballroom renovation, we, we we sort we sorted out all the electrics, so we spent quite a lot on M and E, um, uh, new heating, so all new radiators. Um, we put in two new kitchens, sort of two new kitchenettes, uh, and then all the decoration and the treatment of the floor. Yeah, the the floor looks great. Was it is the original one? Yes. Yeah, it looks looks great. How long did that all last in total? The the renovation process, not. Not the tender process, but the the construction, the, yeah, the renovation. I mean, it was it was quite a long. We, it was because we see almost we had to change some of our sequencing. So yeah. basically, the, <clears throat> doing the structural work on the floor did first, but it activated the rooms below. Yeah, which wasn't always the plan, but actually, it was quite a vow. It, it made because that's the thing. When you were, we, we were, we were, we were a live site. We have, we were having people in booking the building and yeah. tenants. So actually having some high quality spaces ahead of, I mean, it, in, a, in the end, lockdown and things slightly changed the proposition, but it, it, it meant that, you know, we had that kind of phasing yeah. approach, which to be honest, we hadn't anticipated at the beginning, but. I think was probably quite helpful because, well, in two ways, I suppose it, it, it was doing a smaller package of works initially, I think helped skill us up to, um, you know, cause it is a, you know, overseeing a construction project is quite complicated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, we, we, um, so I think it was helpful that it gave us some experience of, of overseeing that and working with the contractor and the architect and all the other before we then um, came up to do the ballroom phase, which was obviously a larger, more complex, well, I would say equally complex, but larger. Um, yeah. So, uh, so, so now- but it did mean that the, if you, from the, I would say like, it was a long, um, it was a, like a, a long period really from the moment that we'd sort of raised the funding, which we did by April, 2017, mm -hmm. that community share offer. And yeah. then it wasn't until July 2021 that we had our opening event in the ballroom. So, yeah, that's quite a long four, time. Four years. What are the challenges of re renovating a place like this? Obviously, it's grade listed two. Grade two listed, yeah. Um, so, yeah, what are the challenges? I'm sure there's a lot of heritage boxes to tick or... Yeah, I mean, what? I think because it was all internal... Um, that all, you know, most of the ballroom work was internal. It, we, we didn't, there was a bit of sort of, um, discussion with the conservation officer. Um, but apart from the decoration, which they were quite keen to make sure was done sympathetically, yeah. um, we weren't doing anything that was too sort of, 
you know, disrupt it. We were, we were restoring it to how it would have been rather than making changes that were seen as sort of like yeah. modernizing it or things. So, um, I think the conservation officer was really happy with the way that we did it. And we were working with, um, heritage architects that had lots of sort of experience. So I think that helped. Um, I mean, I think the real challenge that we found was probably around like the heating and the, um, the ventilation system. So we spent a long time or our, the engineers did like modeling the ventilation and looking at how we might heat it and how we might cool it and, um, trying to think that through. So that was, yeah, a challenge. And then I guess there was just, there's just unknowns, you know, things that you sort of discover, um, when the work was going on. So, uh, just behind us, we've got a, uh, kind of, um, little kitchenette area that was, that was installed as part of the renovation. Yeah. Um, and when we came to put that in, there was that we just discovered this Victorian steel sort of girder running right across the gap where we were going to planning, you know, we were planning to kind of create this gap. Um, and luckily, you know, the, the structural engineers managed to work out that it could be removed and it wasn't a problem, but we just didn't know that was there until, you know, we started, started the work. So a few things like that, I think we sort of yeah. uncovered as we went. I think the other challenge is also, every, again, because, you know, you've got a number, you've got so many expectations about the space. Yeah. So obviously as a board of trustees, <coughs> we had a view of how, we thought the space would work, but obviously we did consultation with the community. We had, you know, we had certain stakeholder groups like um, sort of dance societies who, you know, we'd spoken to about, you know, how could we make it suitably um, compatible with dancing and the floor, mm-hmm. you know, everything from the stain on the floor getting exactly, you know, a certain amount of... Uh, what would you call it? I forget there was like a terminology wasn't there for how slippy the floor okay yeah 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 but then you've got health and safety concerns if it's too you know because it and and so you have all these competing interests and expectations and because we were keen that it we basically didn't try and shut any doors around what we could do in the space have as many options Mm. so you know it wasn't going to be predominantly a music venue or predominantly a theatre or predominantly a cinema the idea is we could do all sorts of different things in the space and but you're obviously having to make compromises and about um how you keep all those uses in play basically i didn't realize that aspect how if you have 80 kids jumping up and down and running on the on the floor is there is there limitation? Does the the existing floor has is limited to this? Can you can you have this? Do you, and I guess it's um, yeah, it's big limitation, but hopefully that's something that you've been able to sort. I mean, well, I, yes, you have because you do organise those sorts of <laughs> events. And, yeah. I, and I think I mean I think our, our the buttress to the architects. I think my feeling was they really got what we wanted in terms of always thinking about the practical elements of yeah. where we're going to store things where are we, you know all those things that when you want a multi-purpose space and you're working with volunteers and you know you've got to it's so my feeling was that they that they really helped crystallize those things because we we're like oh we want this and that but then it's actually making that happen is, yeah. is quite difficult yeah they were very patient and i think they recognized that 
you know, there's a lot of in, lot of competing interests and a lot of people with different interests. I mean, they said afterwards that they'd never worked on a project that had involved so many paint samples because, you know, there was just lots of people with ideas about what colours things would be and they were, they, you know, they really tried to accommodate that and, you know, made, like, helped us have the sort of space to make those decisions and recognised it was really important for everyone to sort of be on board with those things. So they were really good at managing that, but also kind of saying no when they had to you know and saying like you can't afford that you you know I, it would it would have been lovely to have sh- stripped other floors and to to have done things probably to a different standard but they they were very pragmatic as well and said you know you know you want to finish on time we want to finish on budget this is <laughs> we're telling you that you can't do that and it was like okay right yeah <laughs> yeah managing clients expectations yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly and especially when the client is sort of an amorphous 800 members. 800 members <laughs> aboard, you know, the staff, volunteers, funders. So did, about the colours, did you have to get, not probably not approval, but did you have to put that down to the 800 members and say, these are the colours we want, and what do you think? And you have a big vote. Well, no, I mean, that- I think this is like a, an interesting, because I think people, when you talk about like co-ops and community, it's like, you know, when you say, oh, everyone has a stake, obviously there's practical considerations where yeah. you can't put every decision to all the members because it would be impossible. Uh, so I think that's where we as a board, like that's sort of where we have the accountability and responsibility that we're there to sort of represent the members. Mm-hmm. And so that was, we're always like thinking like, oh gosh, we really want, and especially because when we did the share offer, we sort of talked about this ballroom transformation. We're going to create this fantastic space. And, mm. people, you know, so you've got, and it's not like, you know, these investors that live in, you know, these are friends and neighbors and people yeah. that you, you know, so you've got that real accountability every time you walk down the streets. It's like, how, how's the ballroom going? You're like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like yeah. the decision making is obviously managed. And, and I think also what was key is that even within the board, we sort of identified a, a working group that could spend the time and um, help decide on the colour scheme and things. Because again, what was the colour before? Uh, well, it was salmon pink. Yeah, it was an interesting <laughs> salmon pink colour. Did you have freedom to have the colours you wanted instead of protection? We, and yeah, of the we actually we had a. Um, uh, a his, like a historic paint expert came in and um, they took samples from from downstairs in the foyer and up here mm-hmm. um, and they, and it was hoped that they would be able to establish what the original colour scheme had been but actually the ballroom had been um, re-skimmed as part of a renovation I think in the 80s or 90s so there wasn't any evidence of what it would have been okay. uh, so we did have a bit of freedom in that sense the the architects put together I think two or three colour schemes that they said would have been typical. Mm -hmm. Um, The one that they said was probably quite accurately what what it would have been like was quite garish, wasn't it? It was a kind of, it was a sort of pinky. Yeah. And it was very dark brown. Brown, so yeah, brown and pink. Shades, yeah. (laughs) Like brown, pink and orange or something. Yeah. And we were just like, it's kind of, kind of cool, but we, you know, we needed it to be relatively the sort of, I think we were thinking about like wedding photos and yeah. you know the sort of space that people would want to be getting married in so we thought well we probably need to go for the slightly more um 
yeah, neutral, I guess. Scheme. Yeah. yeah. Although I think I, for me personally, great. I love the, the gold motif. Yeah. It really, I don't know, it just brings out the, uh, yeah. And I think that was something that you, the historic uh, paint specialist, they said that you would have found quite, is that? Yeah, right it would thinking? have been ornate. Ornate, yeah. yeah that yeah, kind yeah. of like, it wasn't always muted shades that like you could have a bit of. Yeah, uh, well, you see that downstairs, don't you? With yeah. all the very, you know, the terracotta that's very heavily patterned, um, all of the, the downstairs. So it would have been, yeah. I mean, we've got historic photos that show a frieze at some point. So there would have been some sort of um, decorative frieze all around the ballroom, but there's no evidence of that and not, not many photos. So Yeah, I like the contrast between really dark and pastel and lighter, which blends quite well with everything. Yeah. And um, also the, the varnish of the, the floor. It's great. So everything blends. Obviously, well, you had a professional, so you knew what they were doing, and you had. The yeah, functions. I mean, one of the thing on the the color scheme. I don't know if it's ever played into the, but the BBC uh, filmed in the ballroom for a drama called World on Fire, and I always get the feeling that, that they did a kind of paint job didn't they for that for that and I've always felt like that provided a little bit of inspiration for the but maybe I, I'm a little bit off there because I felt like you, it did have that kind of green um they, well I think yeah but I think they just painted because they didn't want to get a scaffold I think they did that was a practical thing they yeah. just did a, a um painted the lower half a different color that's right color. yeah 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 but we kind of saw that and thought actually that looks quite yeah quite nice um and it was yeah it was just something that they sort of did just to for the film, for the purpose of the filming. So, what's the structure of the organisation now? Uh, and also, that's something that I'm quite interested in. I don't know about. Um, obviously, you said you are registered as a community benefit society. Um, what's? Can you explain the difference between the co-op and CICs, so community interest companies? Well, obviously, they're all for the benefit of a, of a community. But what's the subtle difference and why did you go for yeah the benefit society so really the the main difference is just um in a, a cic is a type it's, is a company it's still a, a type of company which means that you still would have quite often owner directors mm -hmm. so most community interest companies will have a set of directors that fundamentally own uh the organization so yeah. while they might have a wider membership base, it's still the directors that own, and they will have limits on how much of the profits they can utilize privately and as a recognition that it needs to deliver community yeah. purpose. Whereas we're a society, and a society is fundamentally a different legal model to a company. Um, and and it is obviously the history of societies is from... Manchester Rochdale, where you had the first cooperative societies. Mm -hmm. um, and that's basically saying that you don't, you know, it's the members that own the organisation collectively and have a democratic say. So what that actually means is that everyone has a vote at the AGM and elects the board and we're, as board members, are accountable to our members. Okay. Um, so, uh, so it's distributed ownership amongst the community. Um, which is the sort of so is that fundamental difference of of yeah not having concentrated ownership but distributed. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't realize you had to elect the board. Yeah, uh, so at the AGM, we, we, we have, yeah, elections. So how, how is it structured at the moment? You're chair. And yeah. who's part of, of the, the board? And can, can you explain a bit? So we have, at the moment, we've got 12 board members. Mm-hmm. So we've had, actually, we had our AGM in November and we had a, a new intake of about four or five new board members, which is really great because, you know, bring new, fresh perspectives and energy, yeah. <laughs> which, um, yeah, having, yeah, been involved for a number of years, like, it's just, it's great to have new people come in. Um, uh, and, yeah, so we, essentially the board, we have that kind of a wider strategic role for the organisation, but you know, what's great now is we, we, the day-to-day work is with Kate and the team. Um, so, because when we first started, we were a very active board. We didn't have any staff. Yeah. So we had to do everything, <laughs> which was stressful, and probably unsustainable. Um, so yeah, it's that the growth of the organization has been amazing to see. Um, and a lot of that is, as a result of Kate coming in and, and building and developing and and growing the organisation. So, Great, uh, well done, Kate. <laughs> Thanks. 